Recently, I watched a really compelling series on Netflix called Made. Little did I know that the series would connect so well with this topic. In the series, you follow the journey of a young woman's path in discovering herself, being a mother in a difficult situation, and at the same time, navigating a strenuous relationship with her own mother. I mean, come on, let's be real. Parent to child and child to parent relationships can be difficult. However, have we taken a moment to understand our parents? With the help of my dear, dear friend, Gerilyn Fabian, behavioral and wellness coach, we dive into the awareness and shift that needs to take place in order for us to see through the lens of our parents and even heal from their shortcomings. You won't want to miss this discussion, so stay locked in. This Around the Way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. All right. So, Gerilyn, my darling, thank you so much (laughs) for being a part of this episode. It is long overdue because our relationship has grown so much throughout the years. We've had so many conversations on so many different topics, but the foundation of all our topics always boils down to growth, right? And introspection. And I want to even thank you for that because you've played a part in me being more self-aware and more introspective so I love you love you love you for that and uh, (laughs) and our conversation or as the title says parents we just got to understand however Mm. it is a play on words from the Will Smith hip-hop song that says parents just don't understand which is true to an extent right Mm -hmm. that parents just don't understand when you're considering generational differences when you're considering culture when you're considering you know traditions but you also have the other end or the other idea that parents just don't understand because they can't possibly identify with us in all reality they really can they understand certain struggles and desires that, you know, we have, like, I'll give an example of my mom, right? As a teenager, of course, you know, you want to go to parties, you Mm want to stay out late, but depending on your parent and depending on their culture or their blueprint of how (laughs) they choose to parent you, it's either they're overprotective and you're not allowed to go out at all, or you can go out, but you have curfew. But Mm. my mom told me a story that she told me my grandfather was protective. Mm. The only place you can go is on the porch or, you know, around. Okay. We say here in the, in, in the States around the block or around the neighborhood. Right. But in the Caribbean and both our parents are from the Caribbean stay in the corner, the vicinity, (laughs) right, right. Right. So that 
whoever we know and our neighbors can watch you. Mm -hmm. My mother told me, my grandfather was in the military, right? So she said he wasn't home and my grandmother was home, but I think my grandmother took a nap or whatever. Mind you, it's a a house of nine children. Mm -hmm. So my mom and her sister uh, decided they wanted to go to a party that they couldn't go to. So what they did was they went throughout the back, went through some type of route, went to the party, had their fun, right? And she said when they came back, no, someone said, your father's looking for you. He came home. He's looking for y'all. So of course they think we got to get back home. What are we going to do? <laughs> and my mom- I know where the story is going. <laughs> so they snuck back in the house. But when my grandfather came and asked, where were you? They said, oh, we were kind of here all along. He was like, no, I went in the room. They was like, oh, we just went around the corner real quick to such and such house. I told my mother, I said, so you were sneaking out houses? to go to parties because you desire to be with your friends and have fun and go to parties. However, with me, granted, at a certain age, they allowed me to go to parties, but it was still some type of uh, strictness or curfew. And I don't think there's anything wrong with curfew either. But it's that notion that when we get frustrated as teenagers and we're just like, I can't believe they don't want me to go here. They don't understand. And parents actually do understand. They actually had those same moments. But the thought that I was thinking about is that I believe parents do us a disservice or at times they cause a disconnect with their children due to their lack of honest communication. One of the biggest freedom that I've ever experienced came from releasing expectations from my parents and recognizing, first of all, we know this, they did what they did. They did the best that they could do given, I don't care what their background is. I don't care what somebody's experience is. They gave the best that they could given the tools, given the awareness and given the understanding that they have. You can literally see that some parents do not have, they've not been trained. They do not have the awareness to know how to communicate. So in some situations, it takes you bringing them to that point where they feel comfortable to have these discussions. Growing up, especially becoming an adult, I had to now understand and humanize my parents because a lot of times we grow up seeing our parents as this magical creature that can do no wrong or they know what's best or at the same time when we're frustrated based on certain things that we've experienced in our upbringing, either trauma or whatever, or, you know, a lack of love or lack of communication, we put this not only, like you said, expectation, but we hold Hold on to this anger towards our parents like you should have done better. You should have, you know, did more, which in a certain extent, yes. But you have to understand that you have to humanize your parents, understanding they come with their own trauma. They are also following a specific blueprint that they were given, you know? So at at many times we're telling our parents like, you know what? I don't like the way you raised me. But or I didn't appreciate this element of how I was raised. And for your parents, they're just following how they were raised. I love that my mom mentioned this element that she said there were ways that her mom and father raised her that 
she didn't do with me. And she knows there are things that she did with me that I won't do with my um, Mm -hmm. children. But at the end of the day, there are still elements that get on. I believe that every generation, I totally believe this. Every generation is doing better than the last. They're seeking to become better than the last. That involves some level of self-discovery and that's, that involves some level of trial and error. So it may be the reason why some people feel like we've moved from one extreme of conservative parenting mm-hmm. to very liberal parenting. It's people seeking generally to just be better than what they receive. I that's mean, I have true. to give them credit for that, right? There's no, I remember as a child, my dad gave a speech at church and he said before he had me i'm the first we Mm -hmm. had two children before he had me he read every type of family life book (laughs) every type of human development book every type of parenting book he could find Mm -hmm. and then i came along and he said nothing that he read could prepare him for the actual life experience exactly and that reality you and i were not parents yet Mm-hmm. right we've worked with kids right, right? so and, and and I do believe there's an advantage of doing so from this end where you don't have that level of attachment the way you function with children is different when you are not directly attached to their experience when you in that create sense meaning from yeah. their actions and make it about you mm-hmm. which parents do a lot you know they, right. they they internalize their children's action if you fail in their eyes I failed fail, yes right and so when I, I remember hearing my father say that, and that actually, you speak about humanizing them, that caused mm-hmm. me a different side of him. Where he was able to acknowledge my, the experience that I'm having is real. And I can acknowledge that him saying he wasn't prepared tells me that he acknowledged that he didn't always do exactly, he didn't show up the way he always wanted to show up. Right. Right. As a young child, the fact that I'm speaking about it now, it left an impression on my mind. You don't get a parenting manual and it doesn't take much to have a child when you think about it. It doesn't take much to have a child. And here it is. Life gives you something and you're supposed to figure it out. And here's the reality. Many parents are taking their 12-year-old brains, their five-year-old brains of trauma, of hurt, of unresolved issues. It's the five-year-old brain in an adult body that's parenting us. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. How would you illustrate that? Like give an example. So everybody has something that they're working. And if I were to ask you, most times when I work with clients and I see a pattern of behavior, a pattern of thought, I go back to when was the first time you felt this way? Nine times out of 10 is in is during those formative years when we create meaning out of the early experiences that we've had. And right. many people do not work through those issues until life experiences take them to the point where they're sick and tired of creating the same patterns over and over again. And then they decide, okay, I want something different. Some people go a lifetime and they never get to that point. They just make it part of who they are and they never deal with it. Our parents are no different. Now, as children, we see them as these perfect beings and we're supposed to honor them and we're supposed to do everything they say because they're the authority figures. They never, most times, they don't show us those sides because mm-hmm. they're supposed to show up as being strong and have it all together for yes. their children. Because yes. if you don't, they're going to fall apart, right? What that does to us is we idolize them and we mirror, we match and mirror what we see in our parents. I don't know how many people realize that we actually mirror, we just from looking at our parents' eyes, we learn what fear looks like. Mm. We learn what shame looks like. 
from looking at them. We don't know what we're mirroring, but we know we internalize their responses, their nonverbal non responses. These are our first teachers and they become our own. Our first teachers, yes. And that's without speaking a word. That's just from observation. And what happens in the process is we're mirroring the nonverbals, but we don't realize that in the process, we're also adopting some of their trauma that's being passed on. That's why you have generational cycles occurring, especially when they're not spoken about. How what? on earth did you get pre uh, pregnant at 13? You never said anything to me. And all of a sudden, I find myself getting pregnant at 13. Or I end up getting raped the same way you ended up getting raped. We've never spoken about it. The cycle continues. Right. Would you would you like when you say a generational cycles, will you would you also place that in that same um, phrase when people say generational curses? Oh, yeah. So I'll give you an example. I, I can speak about it now because I spoke to my mom about it and I made a video about it recently where I was a child. I don't recall how old I was, but we had a heated discussion at home. And by nature, I am a talkative I think I, I said in the video, I got my gift of God from my dad. He's a very talkative, sociable person. And so most times when there was a quote unquote heated discussion, it was my dad and myself engaging in that discussion. And my mom came to me and she came to my ears and she said, sometimes you need to be like your brother and be quiet. Mm. And in that moment, what I heard was when you talk, you create problems. So be quiet. As a child, I had issues with my tonsils. Now I do believe that you know, this is getting into something else, but I believe that there's a connection between our emotions, where we store those emotions and the physical manifestations of those emotions. So I find it interesting. As a child, I had tonsils. I always had issues with my tonsils, always had to get antibiotics for my tonsils. I never had to remove them. But years later, I was speaking to my mom and I told her about that incident and what, how I internalized that. And she said to me, you know, as a child, I remember one time my mom was speaking and I stepped in and said something. She slapped me and she said, shut your mouth. Now, I didn't get the slap. I at least got her coming to my ear, but she got the same message that I got. And guess who had tonsils? issues with their tonsils when she was growing up your mother. to the point where it had to be removed. Those things only come to your awareness when you have discussions. And that's something else that we need to talk about. Right. You know, the willingness to take our parents there as far as they can go. I love that. For our own benefit. It's not yeah. about changing them. I, I'll tell you, I'm one of those people that I thought, you know, when I went to do my first degree, I'm going to go and I'm going to help to change, change your parents. It, was, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't about him. All of those awarenesses were for me. I can shift the trajectory and create a different pattern, not just for me, but for those who will come after me. Right. You know, so I'm going back to the whole idea of them being stuck in a particular phase in their life, mm -hmm. right? Where my mother has struggled with speaking up, you know, speaking her mind and expressing uh, what she's feeling from an experience of having been told at a young age, you need to shut your mouth and place that you on you as well. Exactly. Right. It's not just a matter of placing that on me. When she told me that, was that her adult self speaking or was that the five-year-old or seven-year-old who was told by her mother? It wasn't just told because in her situation, there was emotion attached to that across your face saying to be quiet you remember the incident you remember how your face felt when the hand connected with your face and you know i need to shut my mouth right 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 who spoke to me that day 
was the five-year-old who remembered that experience without even taking the time to assess where her parent was coming from when she said that to her. Exactly. I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. And I remember a while back, I had listened to this book, which is called It Didn't Start With You by Mark Woolen. I may be pronouncing mm-hmm. his last name wrong, but the book is basically specifying everything that you just said, mm-hmm. understanding that a lot of trauma that we've experienced or even not trauma from, let's say, the hands of our parents, but basically certain things are generational. Certain things, like you said, just based on observation. And if you want to go a little bit further, when you were discussing that a lot of times our thoughts or stress that we have manifest in us physically, they say the same thing that when a woman is pregnant, right, with her child, or even just in the sense of genetics, what the mother feels, what the mother hears. And if we're going to go back to what the mother feels, the child feel feels oh, yeah. right. And then when that child is birthed, that a lot of mothers or parents don't know that that environment that that child was in, it definitely seeps into them that one, when they're growing up, there are certain things that parents act like, where did she or he get this from? Why do they act like that? And such and such not realizing that it's things that they experience even in the environment of the womb that is manifesting itself. <laughs> it's interesting that you would say that. I've had, a, and I think I've shared that with you years ago. I've had this, I guess I would call it a theory. And not until I started coming across writings from Bruce Lipton and Joe Dispenza, who've done studies showing that to be true. But my theory was that what we actually inherit is not genetic illness, but we inherit the emotions that create genetic illness. Oh, break that down. (laughs) So again, going back to the thought process that emotions, the first inclination that we ever get that something is going on with us is we have a thought. Now, we're not in tune with our thoughts. We let it roam all over the place, right? Then emotions kick in to let us know, hey, this is what you're thinking about and you need to get that in check. But we've also been taught, especially if you come from certain cultures, don't trust your emotions. Yes. The thing that kicks in is your body starts talking to you on a physical level. So many times when we're storing those emotions, we start manifesting physical illness in those areas saying, pay attention to this. It's about pointing us back to the emotions so we can experience well-being. But we have some dis-ease that develops telling us, hey, Mm. pay attention to that. This ease, yeah. What I have come to accept is that if we could pay attention to the emotions that we've been mirroring in families, mm-hmm. I've been doing that with my family. There are certain diseases mm-hmm. that have been common among generations in my family. And what okay. I have sought to do is connect those patterns. With Mm -hmm. the emotional patterns that I've seen present in those family members as well. So it's helped me to say, is it necessarily, should I necessarily be paying attention to what I eat, which that's part of it? Okay, Mm -hmm. the patterns that have been passed on. Or is it more about the emotions that have persisted among these generations that need to be broken? Have I been mirroring the physical habits or is it more an emotional habit that has been passed on? And as a family, do we need to start looking at those to experience holistic healing? 
Thank you for coming this far into the episode. I wanted to share the exciting news of She Discovered Podcast expanding to YouTube. We will still be streaming audio episodes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. In addition, extra episodes will air via YouTube from time to time. So please be sure to follow and subscribe. Updates and teasers can be found on Instagram at She Discovered Podcast. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So you spoke about mothers, for example, and even in vitro, having passed on some of those things to their children. You have children being born feeling rejected. Nobody ever said to them that I don't want you. Nobody ever said to them, you shouldn't be here. They've never heard it. And they'll tell you they just never felt like they belong. And if some parents would allow themselves to be honest and discuss the trauma that they experienced just from realizing that they were pregnant, the turmoil of trying to determine, is this something that I'm ready and prepared for? Do I even want it? Yeah. The father saying, I don't know if I'm ready. If you keep this, I don't know if I'm going to be with you. And that's not discussed. It's just emotions, Mm -hmm. emotions. And that emotion creates signals in the body that are passed on without words. We communicate more with our emotions than we ever do with words. So the child comes into the world with those emotions ingrained in their neurology, Mm -hmm. with the first message being you're not wanted, but it was never spoken verbally. And that may be something that it would take a lifetime to work through because nobody, there's no... There's no memory of ever being told. If I have a memory of being told, like with my mom, you need to be quiet. I can go back and see the connection. If I don't, you're in this space of where did this come from? I don't know where to start. I, You, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Unless a conversation you. happens. Yeah. A conversation. Remember, yep. Mm-hmm. So you make those connections and you realize a lot of trauma has been passed on. And sometimes you just don't know. And that's why it's significant for us to let our parents off the hook, give them the benefits and see them as the teachers that were given to us so that we can have the experience that are going to create us into the best version of ourselves. And we also have to understand that like for us in our generation right now, we are now being put in the place that we talk about therapy a lot Mm -hmm. that we talk about wellness. We talk about healing. Mm -hmm. And when we talk about the former generations, that really wasn't a thing. There was maybe with certain parents, uh, because I I know some people will be like, well, in the 60s, my parents was a hippie or, you know, uh, a Black Panther or whatever in those kind of subgroups. And they had that mentality that I need to talk to my children. I need Mm -hmm. to uh, deal with this and, and have some type of healing. But at the same time, realizing that even they had their own issues or traumas that they had to deal with. But I'm saying all of this to say that when you're thinking about culture, African, Nigerian, we already know how that Mm. gets down, right? You're coming with a culture or tradition of secrecy. So it's basically saying like, if I don't even tell others of my internal issues, how am I now going to talk to a stranger? How am I now going to talk to my children? Because secrecy is safety. Here's the thing about secrecy. It perpetuates the very behavior that we're seeking to conceal. Exactly. It perpetuated. The more you try to keep something concealed is the more it will seep through and it will find ways to say, I am here and you can't get rid of, you know? And I think that's one of the reasons why we're at where we're at culturally, especially. 
as a culture, we feel like we always have to have things together. We always have to be all well put together. We can't allow people to see our vulnerabilities because that means that we're not good enough. We're not ready enough. We're not. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But if this generation can see that it's okay to work through yourself, you don't have, nobody has it all together in the first place. So let's get away from that fake stuff. Reputation. Mm -hmm. I also wrote that down that everything boils down to reputation on how others, how others will view you, Mm -hmm. what other people people will think, think. how others will view you and, and so forth. And it's just like, based on like what you were, you're saying in the sense of like, you know, giving our parents some slack but understanding, you know, that they have their own things that they need to sift through and the secrecy and all these elements. But it makes me think of the verse or the famous phrase we like to say that the truth shall set you free, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that is on multiple levels that your truth shall set you free. Truth about yourself. Yeah, shall set you free. Acknowledging Mm -hmm. that we've received some of these patterns from them. And first acknowledging it in ourselves. Yeah. Acknowledge it in ourselves. You see where it comes from and that's okay. Let them off the hook. You acknowledge what you see as true in them. But there's that. So there are multiple truths. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's true that they had their trauma that may have been passed on, but it's also true that they did their best. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Unfortunately, many times we remember the not so great moments, but we we can remember the good moments. As of well. course. Things are also true. Of course. Of course. And it's, it, hence what I'm saying, where we we like to say oh, parents just don't understand. But let's flip it and say, parents, do we understand? Do we do we take a moment to, again, like I said earlier, to humanize them and understand where things are coming from? So to kind of uh, shift things a bit, there was something that I wrote on my Instagram a while back. And I said, one of the reasons for millennials needing and going to therapy is due to the fact that we carry the traumas of our parents and grandparents who have yet to deal with or address their pain understanding that they were not provided with the tools to do so. However, we carry the burden of addressing our own life's difficulties on top of feeling the responsibility of managing and redirecting their stress and anger. This can be very taxing on the mind and spirit. We have to do exceptionally better for the generation to come. So I said that because a lot of times, even amongst us uh, millennials or Gen Z, X, (laughs) however, you label it we're doing the work we're willing to do the work because we're not only seeing the effect on our life but we're seeing the effect on our parents or grandparents right but at the same time i'm noticing that there's a responsibility that we also feel like you mentioned to get our parents together because we're seeing the benefit of therapy we're seeing the benefit of healing wellness and talking and speaking our truth and we desire that for our parents Mm -hmm. however you're dealing with a parent or parents or a generation that not saying that it's not possible at their age or where how far they've come but you're also dealing with a generation that has held on to a way of being for so long that sometimes it just feels so taxing to be like, well, why don't you want to talk? And we spoke about it, secrecy, reputation, right? And it was like, but mom, why don't you do this or do that? So what do you think in in reference to us feeling the responsibility of also having our parents um, learn the benefits of healing from their trauma? 
I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, where did we get the message that is our responsibility in the first place? Is it from, again, matching and mirroring, modeling, and seeing people trying to change? We, we live in a society that is very loud in presenting the message that in order for me to feel better, I need to get the externals to change. I need to get everything on the external to change so that I can feel better. You guys need to change the way you think, you guys need to think the way I do so that I can feel better about myself. So I've done this work on me. And if everybody can work on their stuff, like I am working on my stuff, you guys will not just feel better. You'll make me feel better too. Mm. And that's again, placing the responsibility for our well-being on external factors, even when it looks like seeking help. And there is a sense of peace that comes from allowing people to be where they at. If you only recognize that for some people, the extent of work that you and myself and other individuals are willing to do on ourselves will kill them because they're not how? ready for mm. it. Okay. You cannot help somebody beyond their willingness. That is true. Cause I've heard that for some people to bring up that trauma or even to go there because of there not being that element of willingness, the pain that resurfaces, it will take them out. So you, you, you do bring up a very good point. That's true. To survive, we've taken on different personas with regard to our traumas. There are different personas that people take on. There are different ways that people, you know, workaholics, if they stop working, they have to face their stuff. It's an addiction that helps to not deal with an aspect of their life. Right. That is too painful to deal with. That workaholic has to get to the point where they realize that that pattern is no longer working for them and mm. get to the point where they acknowledge that they want to work on it. Yeah. Right. So, so you would say the element of willingness opens willingness. the door. Okay. So I love, you know, that I listened to Abraham Hicks where she says, one who's more powerful, one who's more connected to source is more powerful than millions who are not. And the influence that you have, you say more with your actions than you do with your words. Actions speak louder than words. We've heard that. So by what I have found for me, without seeking to get people around me, and you go through phases, right? I remember when I started shifting, I wanted everybody, like, you need to pay attention to this. You need to, and then I realized that sharing is not for everybody. That's true. You know, there's a there's a text in the Bible that talks about not feeding your pearls to swines. It's not making people out to be swines, but mm -hmm. the concept of that is giving something that's precious and valuable to you to somebody else who don't who doesn't even see the value in it. Right. So you go bringing your pearls to somebody and saying, "Hey, this is what this is doing for me. I want it." And you know, here, take it, take it, take it. And they're like, "I don't want this. What is this? Mm -hmm. This is it for you. This is not for me." However, I'll tell you what people cannot deny. When they see you walking in that life that has helped to transform you, they will come and ask you questions and will open the opportunity to have discussions. I agree because I feel <laughs> we've both been there, right? And we've both witnessed it in other people's that we place another, just like I was reading from what I said that I wrote, we place an unnecessary burden on ourselves when we feel like we need to fix everyone else. I think it's a twofold where sometimes that does come from a place where you just desire for them to experience what you're experiencing. But at other times also, it's based on, well, if you're at the same place that I'm at, then my life will be now more comfortable, yeah. right? I need you to change so that I can feel better. That's what it right. was. And nobody ever says it. Nobody ever says it. But 
at the core of that is if you just change this about yourself, it will make me feel better. It will be easier for me to live as mm-hmm. opposed to working through and maintaining our own alignment in the midst of all of as that. As opposed to being in the world and choosing not to be of the world. Right. 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 Not allowing how everybody else around us thinks to form our way of being. Mm-hmm. Because it is possible for you to walk in alignment, for you to walk in purpose, for you to walk in a newness of self in the midst of all of that, while not placing that expectation on other people. And a thought just came to me that I've said many times to people. It is asking a lot from somebody to change their actions to suit your needs. That's a big responsibility. It is somebody. It is. Especially when they haven't really figured out how to work through their own stuff. That's one of the reasons why I have to let my parents off the hook. You understand? If they haven't gotten to the point where they have been able to even not, it's not even about acknowledging. They have not been able to see. They have not been able to realize where some of their own stuff stems from. Why would I place that responsibility of them to show up for me in the fullness of who? I think they should be. I love this audiobook that I was recently listening to, and it's called Get Out of Your Own Way by Mark Goulston, MD. I may be pronouncing his last name wrong as well, and Philip Goldberg. And the chapter that stood out was it's called Chasing After Love and Approval from a Parent, right? Mm. But based on what you were just saying, let's say they were basically giving certain practical tips. One, you're saying just walk in your own light, walk Mm -hmm. in your own alignment, right? And they will ask questions on how are you able to overcome this? How are you? And (laughs) I've also seen, and that could be another thing, but I've also seen how parents also resent their children from reaching a level of healing because the child is experiencing what they always desired and they just don't know how to obtain that. And then you have pride that comes in the way, envy that comes in the way, understanding that if that parent was to do like what you just said, I see my child healing. I see my child evolving. There are things in my child that I always desired. Why not just ask my child and communicate and talk about that? Going back to the tips that was shared in that chapter of this book, one element that he said, or a couple of elements that he said, one was you becoming their parent ultimately becoming the grandparent and what he meant by that in the sense of like things that you wish to see in your parent bestow that on them and once you bestow that on them and he gave an example and i love the example that he gave that his father never heard i'm proud or you know words of affirmation so hence he did not give it to him Right. So for him, he longed for his father to say, I'm proud of you or I love what you're doing. So I think his father, there was a party where the dad was turning 76 and he was getting his dad um, ready. He was helping his dad get ready. And the dad was frustrated because he couldn't bend down to tie his shoelaces. And, you know, and he's he told his father, he was like, wow, you know, another year down and you're even wiser. And the father looked at him and he was like, yeah, it's just another year down. You could see that the father was already speaking out what he was used to, right? Like, Mm -hmm. don't call me wise. Don't give me praise because I'm not used to it. Mm -hmm. And then you would think that that son would stop there and like, oh my gosh, he's, he's not even responding to this. But the son was like, no, I will continue to give him what I desired. Mm -hmm. And the father eventually was tying his shoes and got it. He was like, there you go, dad. I knew you could do it. I'm proud of you. 
the father looked up at him and had tears welling up in his eyes and was like, what did you say? And he was like, you got it. You thought that you couldn't do it, but you got it. I'm proud of you, dad. And the dad looked at him and he said, thank you so much, son. You don't notice, but I'm proud of you too. And in that moment, he received what he always desired yeah. from his father, right? Yeah. So it's basically saying that you ultimately are now becoming the grandparent because you're you are parenting your parent the way you wish to be parent, if that makes sense. And another element that they brought up is communication from a place of wanting to understand each other's experiences. So when you communicate with your parents and you're desiring to see this change, instead of having the concentration be on, well, you need to change, you need to change, come from a place of not only understanding, but desiring to understand their own experiences, which cause the lack of what you desire to receive. And you know that, Remember, I've been saying we say more with our non-verbals than we'll ever do with our words. And people can feel when you're being genuine. Right. And it really has to come from a place of wanting that understanding for yourself first. And so, you know, what you mentioned a while ago about the the example with the guy in the shoelaces kind of hit home because you've known most of the experiences that I've been seeking to sort out them from my relationship with my parents, particularly my dad, who's had mental illness issues, right? At one stage in my life, I made him wrong, you know, because I didn't understand. I had a lack of understanding as to what really happened. And to be honest with you, to this day, I don't really have a full understanding of what happened. But there are certain experiences that affected my perspective. And going back and seeking from a place of understanding, and not only seeking from a place of understanding, but choosing to see, like you said, the humanity in my dad and changing the changing the narrative. That's a big deal. Changing the narrative that you have of their actions. So I had an incident that occurred as a child and it created a lot of shame and embarrassment for me. And going back and recreating that story, I never changed what he did. I just changed my perspective as a child in my adult brain, looking at that same action and from the place of my four-year-old self, looking at him as a father who wanted to protect me as opposed to somebody who was seeking to make me feel embarrassed. Because that's Ah, shifting the perspective. Yes. Right. And I mean, I could go into way more detail. That's something that I actually use when I coach with people, but literally shifting that narrative caused me to release that issue as a problem, you know, as the problem that I saw it in my mind at the time. Years later, just last Father's Day, Father's Day, sorry, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, I created this little video that I posted on my Facebook. I never thought he would see it at the time, but I just thought, you know what, this is this is fun. Let me just do it. And then I'll play it for him after the fact. And everybody else went to him and said, oh, we saw the Facebook post that your daughter created for you. Well, he's been having vision issues and um, he's not too tech savvy. So he mm-hmm. said, but I want, I want to know what you posted. So I put him on Zoom and I blasted this on the screen and I read everything out for him mm. and if you saw that grin on his face because now I was not I was focused on I think for him what he's this is my perspective at least just like the man you know he's they have this narrative that goes on in their head as well yeah you yeah. know was I a good parent you know they think of all the quote-unquote mystics that they've made I don't think there's right or wrong I think everything he did was to help in my journey in my experience but then it took me six 
sitting and just thinking about some of the other internal lessons because it wasn't just all from a place of trauma. There were fun times. Let's think of this part, right? That let's not negate that there are people, although we can say, you know, take the good from it, which is true. But let us also acknowledge that there are those that had some very either horrendous or very painful and difficult relationship with either a parent or both parents, right? And it's not easy to say, well, just concentrate on the good when majority of it was bad, right? So what would you say, what happens when there is no change, there is no remorse, accountability, or an element of forgiveness in the equation between mm-hmm. a parent and a child, right? Or imagine the parent passed away or parents passed away and there was never a moment of reconciliation or forgiveness. How does one or how do we walk in the newness of our mind and emotions when we never even, when we never receive that? I love that question because the moment we come to realize that everything that comes into experience is all about us. That's the moment we receive the most freedom. Whether they're alive or not, whether it's a marriage relationship or parental relationship, whether it's a work relationship, everything that comes into our experience, all about us and our growth. Everybody's having their own experience and we intermingle, we cross paths with people for whatever reason or the other. And our crossing of paths I crossing path with you has impacted your life story, but that's your story independent of me. Mm -hmm. And I can say the same thing for you. I can say the same thing for my parents. When we make it about what is this teaching me about me? When we make it about what, and I'm not saying why is this, there's a difference between asking why is this happening to me? And what is this teaching me about me? Mm -hmm. Because that why question is, question leaves you in a stuck place where any answer you're looking for you can find right when you you're really seeking to understand what is this teaching me what is the grander picture in all of this Mm -hmm. I do believe that we all came into this world with the desire to grow and expand and be the better version of ourselves and everything that we have attracted to us as a result is unique to us why some people would experience the other extreme I will not have the answer for that but this is what I can say that I know for sure that when someone gets to the point where they're willing to personalize it and make it about what is this teaching me about me not only will you receive the answers that I know for sure but you realize that everyone was just an actor in your own story they're just acting their role Hmm. They're acting their role in your story that's coming together for your own good. Now it's hard. It's hard. Not everybody. There have been times when I don't want to hear that everything works together for good. Stuff. It's hard, it's especially depending on exactly what that story was. Either, yeah. you know, I was molested or, you know, raped from my own father, or mm-hmm. maybe I was constantly abused from my drunken mother. Like you said, it's very hard to tell someone, well, that person was playing their part. Mm-hmm. For some people, it creates even more anger where it's just like, oh, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? Oh yeah, totally, totally. The freedom from me comes from acknowledging that I am calling forth experiences and people, it could go way deeper into 
other questions, right? I'm being very uh, conservative with my response right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when we consider intentions that were brought forth into this world, everybody coming into this world came with some. If you're a Christian, there's a text that says, before you came into this world, I knew you. Before mm-hmm. you were in your mother's womb, I knew. There was a plan laid out for you, mm-hmm. right? We may not have had the bigger picture. We may not have set out the bigger picture. And we never said... I am going to have this experience where I am going to be abused so that I can come to this awareness and understanding. But let's just imagine we said, you know what? I want to be a positive influence to women in this world and show them that they can live through and they can be the best versions of themselves. Well, how are you going to get that experience? You're just going to start reading books and sharing stories? Mm. Or are you going to experience something that's going to allow you to learn those lessons, to grow from an experience where you get to be that impact that you came into the world to be. The experiences that we call forth will match our grander vision and purpose in this life. I see what you're saying. We lose sense of that. We are not fully aware of it until we start being awakened what that is. That we have not encountered the understanding of it as yet. Yeah. And the experiences that I have called forth in my life is towards that greater and grander vision. And based on like what you're saying, when we come to that awareness and it goes with everything that we're saying now, instead of the forcing of trying to change, but continuing to live in our alignment or to continue to, to live in our light and continue to evolve, you know, I believe. And you know what? I don't know if I'm being pessimistic in saying this or a realist or whatever that there like we said, there are going to be certain relationships that might not change from that, right? Because like I, I was giving the example that what happens if you have a parent that doesn't change or doesn't take accountability because they're holding on to their anger, pride, whatever it may be. And then they're all, there may also be scenarios where you do have a parent that's like, I want what you have. Or the scenario of like um, a parent that's being gone. I remember I said this a while ago where there are things that my dad did that displeased me or even hurt me. And he passed away. And where I am now, I'm like, man, I wish my father was around so I can talk to him, communicate with him. Because around the time that he passed away, I was in my early 20s. So there still was this fear of, I can't talk to him about this, or I'm already having the expectation that he's not going to be receptive to it. Or if I talk to him about this, it's going to bring up stuff that now may affect my mother, you know? So I don't want to hurt anybody. So we're not going to talk about it. But I had to come to a point that even, and I think that's when I started to have that acknowledgement of humanizing our parents, because once my parent, my father passed and I was dealing with my own hurt and emotions, there are certain things that I remembered that I did not like, but then I had to sit and be like, where did that come from? from him. You know what I mean? And when I started to find out stories of what happened to my dad as he was growing up, I understood that certain hurt I felt at his hands wasn't deliberate. It really wasn't deliberate. And I love what it wasn't intentional. And I love, you know, you love Oprah, right? And Oprah has says that all the time, hurt people, hurt people, right? And even Oprah has said, I remember you shared with me that even her own experience of mm-hmm. molestation and rape, or even the, the um, disconnect of a relationship with her own mother, even till this day mm-hmm. has served a purpose to who she is today, mm-hmm. right? And I remember this movie, I never watched the whole thing, but that famous, famous Christian contemporary song, I could only imagine. Mm -hmm. And then it came out with a movie. And in the movie, 
the man was showing that his father was abusive to him. But once he took the moment to realize that, oh, snap, his father or his grandfather was abusive to his father. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that song came out of all that trial where that song till this day, I think it helped many, many um, Mm -hmm. thousands of people deal with their own internal issue. Mm -hmm. Right. So I love that you said that there's this story that we have and there are actors or, you know, people that play a part to the grander scheme Mm -hmm. that we haven't been previewed yet, but along the way we get previewed to the pieces, Mm -hmm. right? So I totally, totally I'm going to share this and this is very recent for me. You know, I help quite, yeah, I've helped quite some people over the years. And uh, I think one of my biggest gifts is being able to see the beauty in the souls that I come in contact with regardless Mm. of what people may be putting forward, right? And I also shared that when I did my first degree uh, in behavioral science, I literally thought I was going to change my dad. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize how much of a big deal it was to me, but that was like on my list, you know, I'm going to go back and I'm going to (laughs) help it. Yeah. I didn't realize it was all about me figuring me out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? But still in the back of my mind, I'm going to help him. Now, as I continue to expand and my field has, I've always been working in the helping field from, you know, counseling, coaching. And it got to the point where, because, you know, we spoke earlier about wanting to protect our parents. Mm-hmm. My father still deals with his issues with mental illness, but I've helped so many people mm. to deal with their stuff. Still, that one thing has stopped me for so long from putting myself out there because I, I had this narrative. How could I help so many people and not help my dad? Yeah, it hurts. Yeah. And I felt like I would be somehow of a fraud to be helping so many people, but somehow I couldn't, I couldn't help my father. Ooh-wee. Right? Yeah. And it continues to be a process of releasing him and letting him be okay where he is. Not making where he is be... This is... Talk about the actor in the play. He needed to be where he is right now so I could work through that for me. You get that is saying? true because if he had it all together, you wouldn't have come to that point of introspection of what you're talking about. Very you know? vital. He needed to still be, I don't know if the story is ever going to change, but in this moment, he still needed to be where he is. So I can come to the awareness that it's not about anything that he's doing. That is his story and you don't make it about you. He is where he is and he's okay. And you need to be where you are. You don't need to, you don't need to have that external validation as a stamp of, a stamp of validation for you to go out and do what you needed to do. It's not directly related to the person, say, for example, who would have experienced some extreme trauma from somebody who hasn't changed. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. But it's connected to the level of expectation that we have of people. And anytime you give that power to somebody else. So what if he doesn't change? I will continue to hide. Mm. Yeah. I can't, can't do that. You can't. What if that person never changes? What if they continue to do it to another person? What are you going to do? You so have now, you have you. now, yeah, it, it ends with you. I was about to say like, cause if you continue to hide, you have now stunt your story. Yeah. 
and how you will be now a part of somebody else's story. You have now stunk that. And that, uh, I uh, love it. Love that you said that. Cause I was also going to say with my father, once I came to the realization that he also had his dealings and not to excuse his behavior, but having an understanding of his behavior, mm-hmm. I was able to say, you are not here. We cannot have a conversation about those things that hurt me. But at the end of the day, I forgive you. And I love you for who you are. And I love you for who you were to me with the good moments. Because for my story, the good outweighed the bad. But for mm-hmm. those that would say, no, that the, the bad outweighed the good. It ha- Like you said, it has to come to a point where it can no longer just be about them, right? It has mm-hmm. to come to the point of understanding what does this now play for you, not only in your story, but the effects of other people's stories. Yeah. You're speaking about your dad and, and a memory is when we allow a memory of a situation to continue to live on and dictate our narrative, whether or not the person is physically present, that energy continues to live. Repeat that. Repeat that. <laughs> let, me, let me see if I can say it the same way. <laughs> yeah. When you allow a memory of a person to continue living on the narrative that you have of that story, whether or not they're alive, the energy connected to that memory, it's like they're still here. It's like they're still physically present because of the meaning that you've attached to the memory. And guess what? You get to change that story. Because it continues, because it continues to haunt you. And then how, when, if it continues to haunt you, then how are you supposed to go past it and heal? Yes. And that is why it's possible to create closure with that person, whether they're alive or not. Mm. It is very possible to create that closure. You don't need them to be physically present in front of you because it's about you. I discovered after the fact, our brain doesn't have a concept of past, present, or future. Mm -hmm. That's why when something traumatic when I'm triggered by a traumatic event, the emotions that surface, they occur like they're happening in real time. Mm. All I did was press a button. All somebody did was say one thing to me and that thing came back like it was happening now. Right. Right. I had to work through something like that just recently. But that trauma when I was four years old, there was a particular button. As long as it was pressed, ooh, I was four years old again. Mm. And when I decided I'm sick of and tired of that experience, I didn't need to sit down in a therapy session with my dad. I recreated that story. Right. I never changed what he did, but I changed my response. Story no longer haunts me. I love that. I love that. So to wrap things up, this has been awesome and i know it was going to be awesome because you know i know how our (laughs) conversations be going so a couple of things that i'm wrapping up in my mind is um the first thing is that there is an element that if you are still in a toxic or negative relationship with a parent Although we are saying that, you know, it's it's more about us and we need to change our response, I do believe there is an element of boundaries. And I don't yeah. think that's a bad thing. Because a lot of times if, if we don't do the whole, if we do boundaries or what boundaries, and boundaries look like various things, right? But if we... 
if we continue to stay in that person's presence, if we continue to stay in that person's presence, we feel as if that, okay, you know what? I'm being a good child, even in the toxicity, but understanding that it is okay to put up boundaries for your own wellness, right? It does not mean that you are holding on to animosity or that you still despise or hate that person, but understanding that there is a dynamic that needs to happen for the betterment of yourself as well as that person. So that's one thing, right? And then two, just like what we said for the whole purpose of this episode that, yeah, Parents just don't understand sometimes. They really don't. But at the end of the day, have we taken the moment to understand our parents, to understand and humanize them, to understand that they have their own trauma and also realizing that their trauma is not our responsibility to fix. And at the end of the day, that we need to take the moment of looking inwardly to ourselves because like everyone says, our truth is our truth to be spoken. You must continue to be the the writer of your story, right? You can't let anyone else write it for you. But okay. yeah, so th- those those are the things that is, is coming to my mind as a rapper. But is there any last minute wisdom or words that you would like to share? You came to this world with powerful intention and those intentions will call forth experiences into your life. Not all of them are pleasant. Yeah all come together for your story and when you can bless every actor when you can get to the point (laughs) when you can thank everybody that passes through whether it's for a moment whether it's for a lifetime bless Mm -hmm. every actor in your script bless them to the point where you can say you know what thank you I don't really see how all this is coming together quite yet but I know you're part of my story for a reason that part I think that is the pinnacle of everything in the sense of like the expectations, not wanting to change people, because again, you you bring on an extra work for yourself. And we've both experienced that once we let that person be them, but we make the decision of how much access they get to us, again, talking about boundaries, but at the same time, realizing that that person has their own story that they're dealing with, right? Mm-hmm. Once that has happened, either in romantic relationships, family, <laughs> friends, once you release that expectation, it's like, there's just this light like this light feeling I should say that comes around and I've experienced that once that happens the outcome usually is pretty much better it's it's way better than when you set the expectations because it's Mm. like you're like you're saying you're shifting the energy of how things are going to play out but once you let that go the outcome in 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 our experience has been Mm -hmm. way better you know you realize that something that took you a year to come to a certain awareness will take you a day, like literally a day because you've let the person be who they are mm-hmm. and not place that responsibility on them. And it happens in human nature. Makes of course. You want to, of course. Want the external to change and then you snap back into reality. Wait, this is about me here. Again, thank you so much for this You're episode. Welcome. Is there, how can my listeners uh, get in touch with you? In constantflow.com. I can also be found on facebook and in constant flow same as instagram so for the most part on most of your platforms like you said instagram and facebook and even your website it's just basically in constant flow awesome awesome thank you so much so again listeners thank you for tuning in i hope as always that you've discovered many new things about yourself and the world that surrounds you stay tuned for the next episode Thank you for listening to this week's episode. 
I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. Tune in again with new episodes released every Tuesday. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated. <laughs>